How are you, brother? Yeah, man. Today's Christmas. Friday is Christmas birthday. Amen. How many of you are thankful uh, for that day when all your burdens were rolled away? Amen. Don't ever want to forget the day when Jesus saved me. Amen. You say, preacher, that's impossible. Well, the Bible says uh, that it is possible for us to forget, uh, amen, that we've been purged from our old sins. And I don't want to get to that point. I'll tell you what. Why would we get, forget the greatest thing that's ever happened to us? Amen. amen. You, I'll tell you what, right now you find something better than salvation, I'd like to hear about it. But the devil's never done anything for me that could even compare or come close to what Jesus did for me when He saved my soul. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Good to see you here as we uh, get right on in to uh, January 2023. Appreciate a good crowd this morning. Uh, amen. Appreciate God's people being hungry. Uh, to come out to God's house and worship Him. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just exactly where I want to be. Can I say amen to that right there? I'm where I want to be. I'm not here today because I have to be uh, to put my uh, two cents worth, amen, uh, uh, to pay God back for uh, all, all the wrong I did this week. I'm here because I love Him, uh, I love His people, I love His Word, and I love His house. Amen. That's why I come to church. Amen. We do appreciate your presence. Appreciate our visitors this morning. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, amen. And just appreciate some we hadn't seen in a little while. Good to have Otis's family with us today. Amen. We always uh, love seeing them. Uh, just by way of announcements this morning, I uh, want to continue to remind you that snacks are needed uh, for the United for Christ program. We need uh, individually wrapped snack cakes. 
cookies, chips, as well as box drinks for our UFC ministry. So remember uh, this, and uh, let's step up and help those. You don't realize all the work that is involved with uh, making the United for Christ ministry a success. It takes everybody working together. Uh, amen. And uh, so we appreciate those who uh, are willing to do their part, and it's something that you can do to uh, participate and be in, being a part of this ministry. That being said, we did not start back our UFC ministry this past Wednesday. The kids, uh, the city school kids didn't start back until Thursday, so we gave you an extra week off, but we're going to get right back after it this Wednesday night. If we don't, we're afraid you'll get comfortable. Uh, amen. And we don't need to be comfortable. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. So uh, again, we will start back this upcoming Wednesday night, uh, UFC Wednesday night program. Uh, I will share this with you. We're going to have a guest speaker with us, uh, not tonight, but next Sunday night, uh, Brother Michael Compton, a preacher from uh, Rogersville Baptist Temple. Uh, again, uh, Michael was with us, uh, I believe, every night during the uh, during the revival meeting, just love him dearly, and I told him I'd get him in to preach after the first of the year, so he'll be with us next Sunday night, and he is just a fireball, amen, so I think you'll enjoy uh, Brother Michael, uh, reminds me a lot of his pastor, uh, amen, so do remember that. Also, uh, something we're going to start doing, uh, not necessarily every week, but we're going to do it uh, regularly, uh, we're going to try to have choir practice next Sunday afternoon at 4.30, uh, so again, we don't want, I know some of you have to get your nap in, your beauty sleep, uh, it's hard enough to look at you as it is, uh, can I get a witness, but uh, amen, we'll uh, start having choir practice at least once a month, maybe a couple of times, we'll just see how it goes, but I'm thankful for our choir, aren't you, and I appreciate the job that they do, so you come out and support this ministry, uh, amen. And uh, again, let's continue to keep these missions offerings rolling in as we uh, had some other things that we had to give to uh, during the holidays, but let's keep these missions uh, funds rolling in. All right, just by way of prayer request today, we have much to pray about. Uh, continue to remember Matt Cutchall, amen, remember him and the Reconciliation Ministries there in Columbia, South Carolina. Continue to remember the Gridley family, continue to pray uh, amen for Eddie Bailey. He needs our prayers. Uh, pray for Otis. I did talk to him yesterday. Uh, got a Christmas card from him this week. Amen. And uh, let's just continue to pray for him. Every time I talk to him, he said, y'all praying for me, aren't you? And I say, yes, Otis, we most certainly are. So uh, continue to remember him in prayer. Uh, remember, uh, amen, uh, LV. I visited with LV this week, and he still needs our prayers uh, amen. Remember Uncle Kenny. Good to have Uncle Kenny back with us in services. Pray for him. Uh, pray for Miss Linda Coggins as she has uh, surgery coming up. Still, still. Uh, all right. Amen. Let's just pray that nothing comes up to keep that from happening. So, uh, uh, Amen. Uh, she needs. She needs. Uh, she. Uh, she needs help with her heart. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. I love her dearly. Uh, remember Miss Linda. Uh, uh, pray for Miss Becky Davis, remember her, pray for Tyler Brown, uh, amen, pray for my neighbor Bill Carter, pray for Sam and Barbie, I tell you, Sam and Barbie just, they can't win to lose, as now uh, Sam's battling a kidney stone, and uh, amen, so remember Sam in prayer, I, 
Uh, amen. Any of you miss Brother Sam? Amen. Miss Sam and Barbie, I tell you, it just, uh, Sam, but well, they both keep things lively around here, and that's the way I like it. So let's continue to pray for them. Um, let's see, uh, some other requests that were mentioned. Pray for um, uh, Crystal Dewey's. Pray for Ashley Fender. This is Karen Harrison's daughter, Karen and Lynn. Of course, Lynn got saved last year, and uh, amen. He's not doing well dealing with dementia. Pray for him. But Ashley, that's Karen's daughter, uh, as she is currently in Johnson City Medical Center, she's got an infection in her spine, and uh, it's causing her to be in ICU step down. So remember her in prayer. Also, remember Tabby Courtney. Uh, this is Billy Ray Courtney's uh, uh, daughter that needs our prayers. Remember David Harrison in prayer. Remember my cousin, Richie Waddell, as he had a seizure this week and they had to take him, uh, amen, to the hospital. And these are just a few that we have. I'm sure I'm missing some, but I'll give you an opportunity to share those uh, at this time. Prayer request today. Yeah, go ahead, Lyle. Amen. Amen. Love Miss Lula dearly, and we need to continue to pray for her. Go ahead, Michelle. I pray for the yoke for all of the safety. Yep. Amen. Somebody else? Yeah, go ahead, Joanne. Yep. Wow. Mama. Amen. Yes, yes. That's wonderful. Amen. Yes. Amen. Wow. Amen. Praise God. And that's Edith Ellsroth, correct? That's Joanne's sister. And how many of you are thankful for answered prayer this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He is. Yes, sir. Amen. Praise God. It's good, Anthony. Amen. Thankful for good news today, aren't you? Go ahead, Daniel. I pray for the uh, local churches and for the pastors, the uh, apostasy that's, that's creeping through their churches. I heard a, a pastor say that he had called in his city. He wouldn't name the city, but 190 churches. 
Wow. My goodness. It is. Yes. Amen. Help us, Lord. Amen. Catering to the flesh. That's right. Yeah, go ahead, sis. My goodness. Amen. Praise God, sis. That's right. Amen. Uh, this is an urgent need, church. I'll tell you what, if your family was going through that, I promise you, you would want somebody praying. So how many of you would uh, pray for uh, Otis's grandfather? Amen? Amen. God will, God will give him grace. Boy, I tell you, there's some things in life it's hard for us to understand, but what the devil means is evil against it. I believe God means it unto good, don't you? Praise the Lord. Amen. Believe God's going to get the glory uh, when it's all said and done. Amen. Praise God. Somebody else today? Remember my dad? as He's having a heart rate issue. Prayer gathering is a week from Saturday, the 20th. We need to pray, church. There's a lot of things we can afford to do without, but one thing we cannot afford to uh, be lax on is our prayer lives. Amen. Anyone else? Amen, sis. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that we don't have to worry about that. The Lord's going to be with us every step of the way. Amen. Uh, Denise, did you have something? Yeah, one of our co-workers, um, they're doing estimates and she has I tell you what, you just seem like you hear one bout of cancer right after another. I'm thankful there won't be any cancer in heaven. Amen. Amen. Somebody else? Yes. Yeah. It's her, Lisa Scott Fisher. Okay, thank you. Yes, a tragedy as uh, she uh, passed away in a car wreck on the Bailenton Road. And um, life is short, church. Amen. We understand the majority of her family saw that because they were all in her aunt's funeral. Goodness gracious. Amen. Okay, Lisa Tomlinson and Richard Swiker. Somebody else? Reagan Brown? 
Miss Teresa. Amen. And it's important to, to our Lord and Savior for that to not, you know, be happening. Amen. Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. God help. That's right. It's good, Teresa. We need to pray for our, our youth. Um, my understanding is that uh, suicide amongst young people is uh, increasing drastically in our world today. And I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I believe it was yesterday, well, it must have been Friday, a six-year-old in Virginia shot his teacher. Did y'all hear that? A six-year-old in Virginia shot his school teacher. Um, that's hard to fathom. Any other prayer requests today? Amen. We need to pray for all men of God, all preachers, all pastors, especially those who are faithfully uh, standing uh, on truth. I'll tell you, it's uh, becoming a more and more lonely road every day. Unspoken requests today by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones, we need to remember. Amen. We'll uh, come around the altar. We'll bring these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Let's get a hold of God, church. Robert, will you lead us in prayer, brother?
so much for another day that we can just uh, come into your house, Lord, with your people, Lord. Uh, Lord, gather, Lord, uh, uh, together as a body of Christ, and Lord, to encourage one another, Lord, just to, uh, uh, Lord, cherish one another, Lord, to, to uplift and edify the body of Christ. We're thankful, Lord, for the local church, what it means to us. Uh, God, you, you ordained it, you established it. Lord, I pray that no one would ever uh, doubt or question, Lord, where we stand as it relates uh, to uh, the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us today. Lord, I pray you'd cleanse us. Lord, clean us up. Lord, I pray that you'd just uh, challenge our faith and, Lord, work in those areas of our lives, Lord, that need uh, repair and, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, if there's things that need to be removed, God, get them out of the way. Lord, cleanse us from our sins. Lord, our failures, our shortcomings. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, like never before, we'd be drawn, Lord, into closer fellowship with Thee. God, I pray this morning that You bless, uh, Lord, the service. Lord, God, You've ordained this hour for such a time as this. Lord, for the beginning to the end, Lord, that it might be exactly what You'd have it to be. Uh, Lord, use us, Father, Lord, uh, whether it be the music, the testimonies, the offerings, the prayers, the preaching of thy word. God, that it might bring glory to thee and to thy name. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you give us wisdom and discernment and direction, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we'd be very sensitive, God, to you. Uh, Lord, to your leading, God. And, and Lord, to your will, Father, for this service, God. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd meet needs, God. Lord, encourage uh, your people. Lord, challenge us. Lord, draw us closer to thee, Father, than we ever have been before. God, most of all, uh, if there's one that's lost, save them before it's too late. God, I pray for Matt. Uh, God, I pray, God, that you bless uh, uh, Lord Reconciliation Ministries. I pray for the Gridleys. I pray, God, uh, Lord, that you bless uh, Eddie Bailey. Bless Otis. Uh, God bless uh, his grandfather, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you minister to his heart, Father. God, I pray, Lord, for Miss Grace. Lord, I pray for LB. Uh, Lord, I pray for Miss Lula. I pray for Sam and Barbie. Uh, pray, God, for Miss Linda. Uh, Lord, her upcoming surgery. I pray for Becky. I pray, Lord. Uh, Lord, for Tyler, pray for Bill Carter. Lord Jesus, I pray for Ashley Fender, Lord. I pray that you bless, uh, Lord, uh, Aunt Lisa. Lord, bless her. Tammy Courtney, Father, Lord, I pray you'd comfort there. I pray for Shannon uh, and Amy Anderson. I pray for the Lisa Scott Fisher family. God, comfort this family, Lord, during this tragedy. Lord, I pray for Richie. I pray, God, for... Lord, Edith Ellsroth, thank you, God, for the good report that we received there. Lord, all of our local churches, God. Lord, I pray, God, for Lisa. I pray for uh, uh, Uncle Richard. I pray for Roger Brown. I pray for my dad, Lord, in his heart, God. Uh, Lord, so many needs, God. Pray for Russia and Ukraine, Lord, situations around the world. God, help, uh, Lord, us to keep our eyes on you, Father, realizing, God, Lord, that uh, time is short and Jesus is coming soon, Lord. God, help us, Lord, to make the right choices, God, Lord, and to be as close to thee as you'd have us to, God. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.
right to have a couple ushers come forward. And I need a couple of kiddos. Two kiddos. There's one. Come on, Jaylee. Krista, you come on. Amen. Anthony, you lead us in prayer, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today and we're thankful, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, we're thankful again to be in your house. Lord, we ask that you just be with us here today, Lord, and just pour out your spirit upon each one of us. God, we're again thankful to get back to you. And Lord, we just pray that you thank the Lord and just you that you see fit. We love you, we praise you. It's your cross and we pray. Amen. Take a gold hymnal this morning and turn to 546. 546, we'll sing this as a congregation. Normally it's more of a choir song, but I like the message, and it goes right along with today's service. Amen. Let's stand all over the house, and let's sing. How many of you have a desire to be close to Jesus today? Just a closer walk with Thee. I am weak, but Thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk. Close to thee, sing now. Just a closer. Oh, is that your desire today to be close to Jesus? Granted, Jesus is my plea. 
daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Oh, let it be. Amen. Sing the second now. Through this world of toil and snares, if I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden bears? None but Thee, dear Lord. Oh, he's enough, church. Help and sing now. Just a closer walk with thee. Gratitude, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Turn that around and play a little bit for us. Hallelujah. Let it be. Amen. Worship Him today. He's worthy, church. Amen. I want to be close to Him, don't you? Amen. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. On the third verse now, let's sing it out. When my feeble life is worn, time for me will be no more. Just a closer walk with Thee. Yes, I like it. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Sing the chorus one more time with all you got to heaven now. Just a closer walk with thee. Jesus is my plea. can be seated today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody have a word? I don't necessarily have anybody to sing today, but anybody have anything on your heart before we preach this morning? God been good to you?
I guess not. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Another day that the Lord has done, and I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just glad that the Lord has given His son, and I can praise Him and give Him all the glory. Yeah, Amen, Sarah. Amen. Praise God. Yes, it is. That's good, Sarah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Boy, I like that. He's not finished yet. How many of you believe that? Somebody else quickly before we preach. Amen. 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 That's as good as it gets right there. I'm thankful God still saves old sinners. I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. Anyone else? That's right. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Better not take that for granted. Somebody? Amen. 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 He's so good to us. God been good to anybody this morning? Any other prayer or any other uh, testimonies today? I'm thankful we uh, attend a church where it's okay to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Some, there's some churches that that's out of order. It's not welcome. Why do you come to church if you're not going to praise the Lord? Amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let everything that hath breath praise His holy name. Do you have breath today? Amen. Amen. You have a reason to praise Him. Amen. Amen. Any others? Praise the Lord. We have a preacher that preaches from the Word of God and doesn't twist it to make right. Many Christians won't go home and, uh, and read the scriptures the pastor read and, and check it with the Word of God. They just say, He said it. That's right. Yes. Uh oh. It's okay. They don't check the word of God, so I praise the Lord that our pastor doesn't succumb to the world and change his doctrine and just make everyone here pastors. God help me, Lord. The Bible says they search the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. That's your responsibility to make sure my words line up with the word. And can I just say my word is not equivalent to God's word? There's a lot of preachers, man. 
Uh, amen. I'll tell you that we give the, the Catholics a hard time. The Pope, his word is supposedly inspired, and it is not inspired. I'm not going to listen to uh, a man that uh, dresses like mama and calls himself Papa. Hallelujah. But, uh, amen. A lot of, a lot of Baptist preachers are guilty of, of equating their word as if it's equal to the word of God. The Bible says that we're not to add or take away from what's been written. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Wow. Yeah, man. That's good, Jeannie. Amen. Amen. The ones that the devil fights the hardest is the one God wants to use the most. Amen. I believe when it's all said and done, God's going to get the glory for it. Don't you? Amen. How many of you continue to remember Matt in prayer? Anyone else quickly? Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew chapter number 26. Trying to mind the Lord today. believe this is His... Will for today's service. Matthew chapter 26. I want to ask you to stand because we're going to read several verses. Beginning with verse number 31. Matthew 26, 31. If you found your place, say amen. Amen. Verse number 31, Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I shall, or I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad, but after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me, Thrice. Sad, isn't it? Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. See, we need to remember Peter's not the only one that uh, denied the Lord, that forsook the Lord. He's not the only one that uh, even uh, uh, promised that he would be faithful to God. They all did. Amen. It says, Likewise also said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. 
Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further. You ought to underline that phrase. Uh, how many of you want to go a little further with Jesus? Amen. And he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Um, and he cometh unto his disciples and he findeth them. How did he find them? Mm-hmm. And he saith unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you would agree with that statement? Uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and he saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Now look with me at verse 55. Verse 55. In that same hour said Jesus unto the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? For to take me, I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed, what are the next two words? Afar off. Unto the high priest's palace, and he went in and he sat with the servants to see the end. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought, how close are you to Jesus? Father in heaven, I love you today and I thank you, Lord, for this privilege to gather in this place. Thank you for your presence. Lord, thank you for your people and their desire to worship you, Lord. And God just can, can uh, sense the hunger uh, Lord, in their desire to be here today. And Lord, not just to be here, but to, to offer up to you the praise that you are deserving of. God, we can never praise you enough for how good you've been to us. But Lord, then also to receive of you those things we need, uh, Lord, and, and are desperately in need to receive, Father, because none of us know what we may face in between now and the next time we come to church. So Lord, I pray that we would not miss, Lord, anything that you'd have for us. Lord, that we would not allow the fowls of the air to come and pluck the seed off of the ground before it takes root into our hearts. And Lord, I pray, God, that uh, we wouldn't be distracted by what uh, uh, we have to do later on in the day, but help us just for a little while, Lord, just to, uh, Lord, to hone in and to focus, God, on that which you have prepared for your people. Lord, challenge us all to make sure that we are never satisfied with where we're at, but we would always strive to be closer to Jesus. Lord, I believe with all my heart this is the message you've given to me for the hour. Lord, if it's going to be preached, you've got to preach it. Lord, forgive me for my sin, anything in my heart, Lord, that would grieve or quench the Holy Ghost, Lord, that 
Father, my life might be a free-flowing channel of grace. And Lord God, I pray that your word might, uh, Lord, just um, take root in their lives and bear an abundance of fruit, God. And Lord, if there might be one amongst us that's lost today, they might be saved. But Lord, when it's all said and done, we're going to praise you for who you are and what you do. Honor your word, exalt your son today by way of your humbled servant. We ask these things in the high, holy, and precious name of the only one that's worthy. And that's the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In His name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. How close are you to Jesus? And this follows right along with the message that we preached uh, last Sunday. Choose you this day whom you will serve. In that message I said to you that uh, we, most of us, we do what we want to do. The choices that we make... Nobody forces us to make those choices. They are not products of our situations, our, our circumstances. Uh, amen. But we do what we want to do most of the time. But I will also submit to you this morning that most of us today are as close to Jesus as we want to be. Amen. And what we want to do is we want to make an excuse for why we are not closer to Him than what we are. Let me just go ahead and get it out of the way. How many of you could say, Preacher, I, I, I could be and I should be closer to the Lord than what I am right now in my life? Well, my question is, and I would raise my hand too, God, God forbid, it's, it's, it's a shame, but what's our excuse? What's our reason? Well, I don't have enough time. Friend, if you're going to be close to the Lord, you've got to make time. Amen. These things don't happen. You've got to want it bad enough to be close enough to Jesus. And can I just say this? You can never be too close to the Lord. So let's just share a few things this morning. I don't have really an outline. I'm just going to give it, give it to you as the Lord's provided it to me. But you know, one of the saddest aspects of this story is just how quick the disciples were to forsake and to abandon Jesus in spite of the fact, not just what Jesus had done for them, Amen. But how he had done everything he possibly could have to warn them and to prepare them for what lay ahead that night. They were without excuse. But when it was all said and done, every single one of them, not just Peter, not just Judas, but they all forsook Jesus. And I believe it can all be traced back to the fact that none of them was as close to him as what they ought to be in. Amen. Did you know whether or not you're in church this time next week, or next year, let's say that. I mean, we ought to just say next month because there's no guarantees. But I said to you last week, I said that I've been doing this long enough to where I guarantee you that there will be somebody that is here right now, this time next year, they will not be here. It could be because of death, it could be, uh, amen, uncontrollable circumstances, but most of the time, there will be somebody who is a part of our church right now, this year, that a year from now, they'll be out of church. And they will not be following the Lord. Amen. We are living in the great apostasy. Or on the verge of it, on the fringe of it. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But we are all in danger of falling away from Jesus. Getting out of fellowship with Jesus. 
being swept away and drawn away, uh, amen, by the heresy that's out there, uh, amen, by uh, all of the alternatives and the, the, the counterfeit messages that are being preached that cater to your flesh, Friend, I'm telling you that if you and I do not stay as close to Jesus as we possibly can be, at all times we are in danger of being swept away from Jesus. Amen. I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your position. Uh, amen. I don't care what kind of resume you have spiritually, how long you've been in church. Uh, amen. How, how long you've served the Lord, how much you loved God in the past. I'm asking from the pulpit to the pew this morning, how close are we right now to Jesus? Amen. You know, just because you were close to Him in the past doesn't mean you're close to Him right now. Amen? Uh, let me just go ahead. and I, I, I mean, I'm just minding the Lord today. That's alright, isn't it? But let me just go ahead and get it out of the way. Could you ever point to a time in your past where you were closer to Christ than you are right now, this very moment? Amen. I feel conviction on that. You know, the truth is we all ought to be closer to Christ today than we were yesterday. We should all love Jesus more right now than we loved Him this time last year. And friend, if we're not going forward for Christ, we're heading, in, we're heading in the wrong direction. There's no such thing as neutrality. See, that's what a lot of people want to do. They want to settle. And they want to think because they're in cruise control and they're just kind of coasting along. Uh, amen. Like a sailboat. Amen. You'll think that, uh, that, that you're standing still when in reality you're being blown in the wrong direction. Amen. I, when I look at the church today, I saw, see a lot of people that are being tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. I'm talking about people that are unsteady and unstable. Amen. That, that are easily moved. Are easily influenced. Amen. Amen. Why? Because they're not... you know there's such a thing as a holy and righteous stubbornness? Amen. I guess that means us, us men are more spiritual than you women because most of us are more stubborn than the ladies are. Amen? And stubbornness can be a bad thing, but when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to the truths of the Word of God, if we're going to survive and thrive in this day where people are falling away from the faith quicker than they ever have before, it's going to, have, it's going to require some people to stand up with a holy and a righteous stubbornness and say, I'm going to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water. I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. Amen. Well, if that's going to happen, you're going to have to stay close to Jesus. Amen. I mean, did you know this? And I had some of this reserved for the end of the message, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Do you know one of the reasons that the devil doesn't want you to be close to Jesus. As long as you are close to Christ, there's no room, there's no distance in your life to where the devil can get in and drive a wedge. See, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to drive a wedge between you and Jesus. He wants to put something in your life 
a wall, a barrier, an obstacle. Uh, amen. Something to distract you, something to discourage you, something to defeat your faith. Amen. That gets your eyes off of Jesus. And the farther away you are from Jesus, the harder it is for you to see Him, and the easy it is, easier it is for you to be distracted, distracted by other things besides Christ. Amen. See, if I'm close to Him, do you know you can get close enough to an object to where, amen, it, it, it's so large and it so consumes you and it so obsesses you and so controls your vision that you cannot be distracted by anything else. Amen? Friend, I believe with all my heart that it's possible for us to get so close to Jesus and, and, uh, and, and to get to that place to where Jesus is so big and He's so real in our lives that it is impossible for us to be distracted. You know, that's why a lot of people are being drawn away from Jesus. Drawn away from their prayer life. Drawn away from their Bible study. Drawn away from their church attendance. And then drifting too far from the shore. You know why? Because they've been distracted. Do you know, this? it's easier today for you to be distracted than it ever has been. Amen, I promise you, uh, amen, before you get out of the parking lot, if you're not careful, you'll forget about what the preacher preached today because the devil puts something else in your mind to consume you and to control your life. But oh, I want to be so close to Him. I want Jesus to be so real to me. I want Him to be so big to me. The closer I get to Him, the bigger He gets that, amen, I have tunnel vision and I cannot see anything or anybody else but Jesus. How close are we? See, the devil wants to create that distance so he can drive a wedge between us and our Savior. And, if, and, and, and I would dare say there are probably some people in this room this morning, maybe even the man preaching, that if we're not careful, there's something that's come between us and Jesus. And remember, it does not necessarily have to be a bad thing. It can be an inherently good thing. But friend, even if it's a good thing, if it has come between you and your love, your devotion, and your passion for the one that saved your soul from hell, you need to get rid of it. And get it out of the way. Or at least make it a less of a priority than what it is right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. We ought to just take time out and have an altar call, oughtn't we? That's right. Amen. There was no reason for any of these disciples to be caught off guard, especially Peter. The Lord did everything that He possibly could to prepare them, uh, amen, for what was coming that was going to cause them to be led astray. Amen. I, you know what? I don't want to be in the crowd that forsakes Jesus. Amen? There's more people forsaking Jesus today than there ever have been. I'm talking about people that a year or two ago you'd think that they'd, never, they'd be the last one to forsake Jesus. The last one to deny Christ. The last one to fall away from Christ. And the last one to turn away, to turn from the truth and to be turned into fables. But I'm telling you what, 
the epitaph of some folk that I know if they were to die right now, amen, if there's anything that could be said to, to, to summarize their life, he's, he's in that crowd that forsook the Lord. He's in, she's in that crowd that denied the Lord. He, he, he's, uh, you know, they're the church that got cold and indifferent. They're an apostate church. They left their first love. Amen? Friend, when it's all said and done, I don't want my life to bring reproach to the name of my Savior because I was guilty of denying and forsaking the name of the one that saved my soul from hell. If it could happen to them disciples, it can happen to you, brother. If it could happen to Simon Peter, it can happen to you. Amen. He loved Jesus. He was sincere in his devotion to Jesus. He just wasn't as close to Him as He should have been. Amen. So why did these things happen? Part of it was because of willful, willful ignorance. You know, there is such a thing as willful ignorance. Uh, I'm referring to an absolute refusal to see, admit, or accept the reality and the facts of a matter even though they are staring at you smack dab in the face. One thing I've learned about myself and others is that sometimes it's not that you can't see things as they really are. It's that you won't see them as they exist. And the reason you won't see them and you choose to ignore the truth and the facts even though they're right in front of your face, everybody else sees it, and it's because you don't want to see it. See, there have been some times in my life, amen, it's confession time. Every time I preach, it's confession time. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all get mad on me. He, 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 amen, he, he pressures us to confess and to repent and get right with God. Every time I preach, it's, it's pastoral confession. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's been some times in the not-so-distant past of my life to where, I mean, it was just as plain as a nose on my face, but I didn't see it. Amen. And it wasn't that I couldn't see it, it's that I would not see the truth. Amen. You know, Jesus performed all the miracles during His earthly ministry, but the Pharisees... It's not that they did not, it's not that they couldn't see it, it's that they didn't want to see it. Amen. That's right. It's not that we can't see these things, it's that we won't see them. And the reason we won't see them is because we don't want to see. Some people, you ever heard some people say that they don't want to know the truth? Because they're afraid what they'll find out? Can I tell you something today? It's time for us to quit being willfully ignorant of where we are at in our current society. Amen. And I can't get off of this, but friend, it's time for us to stare the truth in the face and to call it what it is, and that is we are in a mess. Amen. Friend, when you've got six-year-olds shooting their school teacher, something's wrong. Amen? Amen. Amen. When you've got, when you got a suicide rate amongst adolescents growing by 30%, from one year to the next, it's time to admit something's wrong. You know, one thing in this passage that we see, the Bible says that Jesus 
was burdened. He was brokenhearted to the point of death. Isn't that what he says? I mean, Jesus was carrying a burden. Why? Because he was not willfully ignorant of the truth. He was facing the facts. He knew his time was coming to an end. But while Jesus was burdened, the disciples were sleeping. Kind of reminds me of God's people today. We're not willing to face the facts. And we're not willing to carry the burden that our Savior wants us to carry because we're not willing to see things as they really are. Friend, until you see it, you won't care about it. And you think that just because you ignore it, what I don't know won't hurt me? Friend, you're the most gullible person I've ever met. Amen. Just because I'm not willing to admit that there's sin in my unconfessed sin in my life doesn't mean that sin ain't killing me. Just because I'm not willing to admit I've got cancer doesn't mean uh, that I'm going to die if I don't get some treatment. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I could say so much more. Hallelujah. Man, I'm in the preaching mood today. They willfully ignored the truth. Jesus had told them He was going to die. They would not accept it. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared when they should have been getting as close to Christ as they possibly could have gotten. Amen. Do you know to be willfully ignorant means to willfully ignore the truth? Amen. See, if you don't see it, if you don't acknowledge it, you won't prepare for it. You know what, what drives me crazy today is how that uh, the Lord's doing everything He can to get of our attention, but we're not willing to prepare. Jesus could come tomorrow, but we're acting like we're going to live forever. It's time to get close to Jesus and stay close to Him. Amen. The other main reason why the disciples failed Jesus was because they weren't as close to Him as they ought to have been. Even though Christ had sounded the warning bell, He had given them all, especially Peter, a heads up as to what was getting ready to happen. They were in denial and none of the disciples were following as closely to Christ as they should have been, especially when you considered the direness of the time. What's your excuse for not being close to Jesus? I mean, could you really, if the Lord were to stand and confront all of us, like He's going to do on Judgment Day, I mean, are you, going to, are you really going to have a legitimate reason for why you aren't as close to the Lord as you should be? I didn't have time. Boy, I'm glad Jesus... Amen. He, he, he ought not have given me the time of day, but He made time for me. Amen. It's time for some of us to get rid of the excuse bucket. Amen. It's full of holes and we need to start making time to be close to Jesus. Amen. No excuse. Amen. I mean, again, clouds were gathering. Wind was blowing. Thunder was crashing. Lightning was flashing. Yet... During the direness of the midnight hour while Jesus was burdened, they were fast asleep. 
I want to remind you the time for preparation is not when the storm comes, it's before the storm hits. Amen. Verses 36 through 39, look with me at this today. Then, son, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called what? Gethsemane. And He said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And He took with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. How many of you believe it's time for God's people to become sorrowful and very heavy? even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We find when he came to Gethsemane, he told the majority of the disciples, I want you to stay with me here today, to sit in a certain location while he went to a secluded place to pray. But when he went to pray, he did not go alone. But he instead chose to take Peter, James, and John with him. Say, preacher, why did Jesus only take three of the disciples? Well, I don't know for sure. I don't have all the answers, amen. But what I know is this was not an isolated incident. This occurred many times in Jesus' ministry. In fact, you could study the, the occasion of the transfiguration on, the, the, on the, mount, the Mount of Transfiguration where Peter, James, and John got to see Christ in His glorified form as He talked on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. Amen. But the other disciples didn't get to go. Amen. Say, so, preacher, why was that the case? Well, I don't know, but could it be because, uh, amen, Jesus knew the hearts of these three that they wanted to go a little further with Jesus. They were not satisfied with being a part of the outer circle. Amen, but they wanted to have an in intimate closeness and fellowship with Jesus that the others did not have or desire. Now, I can't prove that. It's a little Bailey-ology. But there's a reason why on special uh, occasions Jesus took the three uh, and He left the rest out. Let me ask you this morning. Are you satisfied with being a part of the outer circle of disciples? You better be careful you say, well, I don't want to follow Him, but I don't want to follow Him too close. I, I, I want my kids to live for Jesus, but I don't want them to be plum fanatical about it. Give a little devil, do you? But I want to make sure they get a taste of the real world too. I know it's important for them to go to church, but I mean, all these other things are just as important. And you fill in the blank. You better be careful about being content being an outer circle follower of Christ. Why? Because you're in danger of missing out on the best. How many things in my life, Brother Robert, have I missed out on? Because I, was, I, I settled 
for less than the best. You know, that's a problem in our world today. We spend way too much settling instead of striving. Amen. Hey, when Jesus said, I'm going to go a little further like He did in the garden, I want to go with Him. Don't leave me out on the mound of transfiguration experiences. Amen. Uh, amen. I, I don't want to miss out on those things that God could do and He would do in my life if I would not settle with being an outer circle follower of Christ. We've got way too many. Oh, I'm going to just sit down and hammer on this for a minute. We've got way too many outer circle disciples today. Uh, amen. I'm in, the, I'm in the crowd. I'm going to heaven. But I'm not interested in submitting my life as a true legitimate servant of Christ. Amen. I'm going to be like Peter. I want to follow him, but I'm going to follow him afar off. Do you know you'd be better off not following him at all than to try and follow him afar off? Peter would have been better to have stayed away from Jesus as he went to trial. Because the closer you get to Jesus, y'all listen to me today, the more you're going to expose yourself and your life to opposition from Satan. Do you know the, the, the harder of a time the devil gives you, that's a good sign that you're closer to Jesus. Opposition and resistance in your life, spiritual, spiritual resistance, is a sign that you're getting closer to Jesus. Amen. We want to follow Jesus as long as the going is easy. As long as the trail is smooth sailing. But then when the going gets tough, that's when we want to settle. Amen. If you want to... If you want to experience the best that God has in your life spiritually, you cannot be an outer circle disciple. You've got to, amen, say, I want to get as close to Him as I possibly can get. Friend, we cannot afford to be outer circle disciples. We cannot afford to, be, to, to attempt to follow Jesus from afar off. Because we'll be like Peter, we'll be drawn astray. Your family, and boy, I tell you, I, I found myself preaching more to the children and the youth of our church here lately, and I'm going to continue to do it. Amen. Amen, because they need it. I love them. I care about them. Yes. And, and I'm afraid that not even myself, and probably you parents, understand the magnitude of the burden and the pressure they're under. Amen. The undertow that they, ex they experience at school. Their friends trying to drag them away from Jesus. Amen. The media they watch. Social media that they are a part of. The television shows. The music that they listen to. You know what? Do you some good. And you need to be careful before you do it. You better get ready. You need to start listening to some of the lyrics that your kids listen to. You know, we hear about these, these songs 
the names of these songs and these kids. And I'm not just talking about high schoolers, I'm talking about elementary school kids. You know why a six-year-old, amen, uh, would even fathom in their mind to take a gun to school and to shoot their teacher? It's because of the influence. It's because somewhere along the way, uh, amen, they've been exposed to something that they have no business being exposed to. Amen. Uh, Amen. That begins to manipulate them and influence them to think about things that kids have no business thinking about. There's some things, parents, you, you need to listen to some of the lyrics of this, this modern day de- demonic, devilish music that is influencing our kids. I'm going to go ahead and say it. That's, probably, that's usually when I probably ought not to. But they know it. You say, you ought not say that, preacher. Well, your kids know it. So you need to. Uh, get, on, get on YouTube or get on, uh, get on Google and, and, and uh, uh, amen, research the, the, the song by the name of the, the WAP. And I'm talking about kids first and second grade know exactly what it means. It's out of hell. Amen. Amen. Getting quiet, isn't it? And we're asleep and Jesus is burdened. And He's weeping and He's crying. Because we may not care about a generation of kids that are going to hell. But He does. And parents, I'm telling you, you cannot afford to let your children follow Jesus from afar off. Amen. If you are content with them being outer circle disciples, you better just get ready. The moment they get their freedom, the moment they get their driver's license, the moment they're old enough to make their own decisions, amen, uh, don't worry about them being an outer circle disciple. They'll forsake Jesus like the rest of the younger generation. Amen. The only chance your kids have of surviving this crazy mixed up mess that we've created is if you push them as close to Jesus as possible. And let me just go ahead and say this. And we ought to call time out and all, and all of us adults ought to be on the altar. You can't expect your kids to be any closer to Jesus than you are. Are you satisfied with your kids' spirituality being equal to your level of spirituality? Oh, I want my kids to be close to Jesus. And parents, they know. You know what? You you can hide some things from your kids, but one thing that you can't hide from them is your level of spirituality. Hey, you may have the rest of us fooled. I may have you fooled. As far as how close I am to to Jesus, but I guarantee you, that little redhead, amen, that that darling 14-year-old and that 11-year-old, they know 
how close daddy really is to Jesus. You want your kids to pray? They better see you pray. You want your kids to love the Word of God? They better not have any doubts in their mind whether or not daddy or mama love God's Word. You want your kids to come to church? You better bring them to church. Not just send them, bring them. And they, ought, they need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there ain't nothing in our family that's more important than the house of God. Amen. You know what we're doing? We're sending our kids mixed signals. Love Jesus. Live for Jesus. But yet anything and everything in this world is more important than the things of God. All you're doing is sowing seeds of doubt. You're saying, oh, I want you to, to be in, but, it's, but just be in the outer circle. Just follow them far off. It's more important for you as a child and a young person to be popular, to have a good career, to make a lot of money, to be a great athlete. Amen. But you need to encourage them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the only thing that's going to get them through the hell of this world is to be an inner circle follower of Christ. And they won't do it unless you do. God help us all. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, verse 57 and 58. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. And in spite of the warning, how many of you say the Lord's given us some warnings? But yet still, Peter didn't heed the warning. He didn't take it serious. He willfully ignored. He didn't want to face the facts. And instead, he followed him from afar off. And then he denied the Lord. Friends, can I say, do you hear that the number one reason Peter denied the Lord on the night of his arrest and betrayal was because even though Peter technically followed the Lord, he followed Him from afar off. Amen. Because he wasn't as close to Jesus as he could have been and should have been, he couldn't handle the pressure. I'm telling you, adults, mature saints of God, we cannot handle the pressure that's coming our way if we choose to follow Jesus from afar off. And I promise you, your youngins can't. And mine either. Forsook Christ and fled. Are you going to settle? I've already said it, but I'm saying it again. We've got way too many settlers in the church. I'm settling. Boy, I'm glad Jesus didn't settle. I'm glad Jesus went a little further in the garden. He was tempted. 
His flesh even wanted. He, he prayed and he asked the Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup. Because he knew that what waited for him the next day on Golgotha was more than his flesh could handle. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Truly the Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Christians, your spirit may be willing, but your flesh is weak. And it will not thrive in this world by being an outer circle disciple. Your children's spirit may be willing, but their flesh is weak. Amen. Let me ask you this, parents. Would you be able to handle the temptation that your kids are having to deal with in this world that we're living in? What if you had access to the things that your kids have access to? What would you have done? This is something between me and my dad uh, that I, I don't want to say we didn't see eye to eye. And I'm just saying he tried to tell me and I just didn't listen. It's what happens a lot of times. He begged me not to let my kids have cell phones. But I did. But parents, I just want you to remember something. And I'm talking to me right now. When I give my kids free reign over social media, I'm giving them unlimited access to any and every form of temptation that's possible. Sin at their fingertips. So let me just ask you, if you were their age, and you had access to the things that they had access to, what would you have done? Huh? You know, a lot of us, can let's just be real, a lot of us know what it is to go to the grocery store. That's what we had to do, but we were willing to do it because we wanted it. We wanted to see it. I, I, I'm not going to do it, but I'd love to see how many of us adults could raise our hand and say we've been to the back room of the video store. It's what we had to do, but we were willing to do it. See, your kids don't even have to do that. All they have to do is push a button. And they can see anything that they want to see, hear anything that they want to hear. And what you do, your fantasy will eventually become a reality. As a man so thinks of himself, so, it, so is he. What you think is what you will do. Control your thoughts. Amen? I'm not sitting here telling you that they shouldn't have social media because I'd be a hypocrite. But I'm telling you as a parent, it's your responsibility to control what they watch. It's not my job as daddy to be their best friend. It's my responsibility to be their parent. And there's times that my kids want to do things that ain't best for them to do. Man, we dealt with that this week. And boy, it's going to get worse before it gets better. My little 11-year-old daughter that looks like she's 14 or 15. Amen. 
And I'm going to knock some youngin out. Praise God, I'll be in jail and you'll have to bail me out with offerings. Huh? One of her friends wanted to go to the ball game Friday night. Amen. Mama was going to be there, but she was going to be working the concession stand. What was I going to do? Oh, Daddy, please let me go. I want to go. Yeah, y'all know where I'm at. Huh? Don't want to. I love my daughters. It hurts me when they're disappointed. Any parent that loves your kid, it breaks your heart to disappoint them. But sometimes you need to. Amen. You either break their, you're either willing to break their heart now, or they'll break yours later. Huh? Sometimes the best thing I can do as a parent is to tell my kid no. Say, so what'd you do? We compromised. Mama went to the ball game. I was going to go, and she said, You ain't going. Daddy, you ain't going. Let Mama go. So we sent Mama as a spy. You say, Preacher, what you, what's the point? You got to do what you got to do to get through the adolescent age. Can I get a witness? I need your prayers. Amen. Amen. But I want my kids to be close to Jesus. You know, a good example of somebody that wouldn't settle for anything less than to be as close to Jesus as he possibly could, John the Apostle. Do you know the only disciple, as far as I can tell, I may be wrong, that ended up at the cross with Jesus wouldn't you have liked to I don't know if I would or not but boy I mean as faithful as Jesus was to me I sure would have wanted to be faithful to Him in His greatest time of need during the darkest hour to have been there for Him to look down off that cross and to see me faithfully standing by His side as He had done for me those three years but as far as we know the only disciple that stood at the foot of the cross of Jesus was John the Beloved. Preacher, why? Because John wouldn't take anything less than being as close to Jesus. You say, how close did John want to get? He wouldn't settle for nothing other than to lean his head on his bosom and to hear his heartbeat. Are you that close to Jesus today? Amen. Where you just... There's nothing in life. Nothing in this life will do for you what it'll do for you just to be cuddled up in the arms of Jesus with your head on His chest listening to His heartbeat. That's how close John was to Jesus. And because of that, John stayed faithful. Do you know you can't ever get too close to Jesus? You say, preacher, how... How close do I want to get? I want to be like old Enoch. You know what the Bible says about old Enoch? The Bible says that he walked with God until one day the Lord took him. I mean, he just kept walking with God consistently day after day, getting a little closer to Him, getting getting to know Him more. Knowing Him more today than He did yesterday. And one day He got so close to Jesus, Lord said, hey, it's closer up here than it is down there. Let's just go home. 
You know, the only thing that ought to do your heart good and to satisfy you is to know that the day you die, the day you draw your last breath, you're closer to Christ than you ever have before. Oh, I want Jesus to look at me and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'm going to reward you with many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. If you want God to say that to you on your dying day, you need to be closer to Him than you were any day. Are you closer to Jesus today than you ever have been? If not, what's our excuse? Just because you were close to Him doesn't mean you are close to Him now. Just because you are close to Him today doesn't mean that you will be tomorrow or next month. You have no idea what may come into your life this year that's going to challenge your faith our sister gave this testimony about her dad. And if you're not careful, you'll look down on that and say, how could somebody forsake the Lord? Yeah, if you'd gone through what they've gone through, you may do worse. You don't know what your family's going to deal with. You don't know what tragedy you're going to have to endure. Amen. You better make sure that you prepare now. For the things you do not know. So, you'll be close enough to Him not to be swept away. Are you close enough to Jesus? I, I, conclu- I close this morning. Are you close enough, close enough to Jesus to hear His voice when He speaks? Man, we need discernment today. We need to, we need to be close enough to the Lord to hear Him when He speaks. Amen. We don't need to become confused because we can't recognize His voice because we've drifted away. Are you close enough to Jesus so that the devil could not drive a wedge between the two of you if he wanted to? Amen. Are you close enough to Jesus as you would want your children and your loved ones to be? They will not be any closer to the Lord than you are. Are you close enough to Jesus to survive the impending storm that's on the horizon? I'm telling you, friend, we don't know what is in store for America. We better get close to Jesus. You say, how do I know whether or not I'm close to Jesus? Well, look at the disciples. What caused them not to, not to go a little further, not to be right up near Jesus when they should have been praying and watching, they were sleeping. Amen. You say, preacher, I think I'm pretty close to him. How's your prayer life? If you ain't praying, you say you're close to somebody, but you don't give a rip whether you talk to them. Day after day, week after week, month after month. No, my friend, if you're close to the Lord, you'll have a desire to spend intimate time of fellowship with Him through prayer. How faithful are you in your Bible study? 
that love letter that he wrote to you. You ought to take time every single day to open it up and read it. And the more you pray and the more you study God's Word, the closer you'll get to Jesus. Amen? How faithful are you to God's house? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of so many are, and so much more as we see the day approaching. We cannot afford to leave any room in our lives or our family for the devil to drive a wedge because, hey, you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. And before you know it, you've drifted and you've drifted. And you've been drawn away from Jesus like the rest of the crowd. I close with this. If you want to be close to Jesus, you can be. And I believe you will be. It's up to us. Goes back to what we preached last week. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Will you be close to Jesus? Let's all stand. Miss Pam comes. I'm not going to give an invitation. I'm going to let you mind the Lord. Lord, speaking to your heart, you come. If not, I'd be concerned. Father in heaven, I love you. And Lord, I'll be the first one to admit that I need to be much closer to Jesus in 2023 than I was in 2022. God, there's no excuse. Father, help me to realize the seriousness of the stakes. What happens to my family? What may happen to my wife? What may happen to myself? Lord, as the leader of our home, it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm close to Jesus. And as a result, they'll see a need to be close to Jesus. Oh God, how easy it is for us to, to drift. How easy it is for us to be led astray.